This is the Building Management Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. As people become more comfortable in the home building automation space, they want to be able to take this commercial as well. Regardless of the ups and downs in the stock market, if these manufacturers, these plants, and these entities want to stay open, they need water. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Energy Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Coming fresh off of OTC, one of the energy industry's biggest conferences, it's pretty clear that oil is on the mind for the industry. And though we're in an age of renewables leading the energy conversation, the oil industry is doing anything but slowing down. Areas like the Permian Basin are seeing an unprecedented boom and are shaping the global oil market. But with all this growth also comes logistics and technology that need to adapt as well. So here to explain how this oil boom is affecting H-pumps, saltwater disposal, tangential gear, and tangential industries is Eric Quinelli, Regional Manager for Advanced Industrial Devices, or AID. Eric, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Dan? I'm super. It's uh, it's always exciting to be talking about this industry, mostly because, you know, even though it's one of the industries that is a little slower to adopt some big technologies, um, I think like it and healthcare, you know, their um, their day in their day in and day out is very um, very specific, and so introducing new game-changing technology, you know, it's not really the industry to experiment in. But I think we're finally getting to the point where a lot of really powerful technology and processes and things like machine learning, data capture, automation are finally making their way into these industries. And so that's why I think the conversations are ramping up as of late. You know, how will our legacy industries within energy adapt, like oil? How will the ones around the corner, like nuclear or wind, adapt as well? So Always a pleasure getting to chat about this. Now, what makes you a real expert specifically for the oil industry is that you're the regional manager over the Permian Basin, which means that you've got your ear to the ground for really the second largest oil exporting field in the world, which is crazy. So what is the mood like in that area right now? Um, How's the industry reacting and operating day in and day out amongst this boom? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're just coming off a record year for our company, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the Permian Basin. As a regional manager, I'm constantly in front of uh, the producers, I'm constantly in front of the pump packagers, in front of the contractors. We talk to literally everybody. Uh, the mood down there is that it is busy, and just wait, because the real boom's coming. And that seems to be the the message we hear over and over is that it's about to really take off. So that's of course exciting for us um, as well as everyone down there. And it's, it's a, it's a good time to be in the Permian Basin. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. I mean, I've had other conversations with people that have production operations down there. And probably my favorite part is that when, when business is good, the hotels in the area can be more expensive than Las Vegas hotels, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which yes. is which is funny to think about. Yes, in fact, uh, it it's uh, you know we've had several conversations. It, it would be very nice to go back in time, buy some real estate, and put up a hotel, right? Because uh, that is uh, I I have heard over the last two years has been highest in the nation. It's it's kind of tamed a little bit right now, but come summertime and especially during the oil show, it, it 
it's unreal uh, the, the prices you pay for uh, just a simple room and, and just an average hotel. I mean, we're not right. even talking four-star hotels. You're, you're, you're staying in three-star hotels at five-star prices. Right. So are you still seeing a lot of new players come to the region for their stake of the oil? Um, and then what about some tangential industries that are benefiting from that growth too? Um, you know, are there, are there other markets that are growing symbiotically with the basin as well? And are they trying to break into the space? Yes. So there are, to answer your first question, there are constantly, uh, there's a constant influx of new uh, companies coming in. There's acquisitions. There's also companies based in different areas of the United States putting branches in the Permian Basin, especially in Midland, Odessa area. Uh, we are seeing, you have to really stay on top of it. Uh, we are constantly uh, all over from social media to, you know, detailed internet searches to just driving around, seeing construction all the time. So there are, there's a lot of new players coming in, and obviously there's some acquisitions. We just heard about Anadarko and Oxy um, to keep up with, and, and, and many more that we keep hearing about. So um, it, it is definitely um, an ever-changing landscape down there, uh, just who, who you're dealing with and talking to. And uh, yeah, to answer your second question, yes, we have a lot of other industries being affected. Um, for instance, compressor manufacturers, uh, we are seeing a big increase in the compression world right now. And um, probably the what I see is the biggest growing um, other industry down there outside of just strict oil and gas is, is the compression industry. Interesting. And why, why them? Why are they the ones that are, are booming along with the Permian Basin? Yeah, so uh, one, one angle of the compression industry we're seeing is vapor recovery. Um, that's the system that they use to compress low-volume gas um, for injection and suction into a, a larger compressor. So we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, a pickup in the vapor recovery world, uh, which is just, you know, which is the compressor companies building the compressor systems that are going out there. And that, that has just become... Um, one of one of the many um, side effects of that. We are, we're also dangerously close to the agriculture industry down there in the Permian. So, um, you know, we're seeing a big uptick in ag products and, and drives and motors that we're providing for that industry as well. So how's that affecting business uh, in the Permian Basin? You know, as that gear... Um, becomes more necessary and is, uh, you know, is growing tangentially with this oil boom, you know, are prices going up? Are there uh, more detailed conversations about long-term partnerships between some of these companies in tangential industries and people that are, are you know, deep in the dirt of, um, of pulling this oil out of the Permian Basin? Yes, we are having a lot of conversations with people about partnerships. That's kind of what one thing that makes us unique. We are not your standard panel and motor shop. Um, we, we, we joke around the office that we are agnostic. Um, we, what we mean by that is we, we offer several different solutions and we don't, we don't just come in with one brand, one way of doing it. Um, we have several different dry band brands that we are selling on a regular basis and trying to just match the customer up with what their wants and needs are and come up with a solution for them. We believe, um, is best for them, but we partner with them. You know, we don't just tell them what they need in the drive package. We listen, we collaborate together. And uh, we have a lot of drive packages out there that you wouldn't know we built, 
because we're private labeling for people. Um, we also, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw our advertisement on there all we want, but we'd rather find good, strong partners that we look at as people who are key in this industry, who we can move forward with and, and, and grow together. Regarding your other question about the price of the gear, um, th that's a hard one to answer. Uh, we, we have never been a company that leads with the cheapest product. Uh, we, we would rather provide quality product to people. And, and you know, we talk a lot about uh, giving the customer solutions and solution selling. And we don't want to just provide them with, hey, here's our cheap piece of equipment. You know, where's the next order? We go to market with a figure out what the customer wants, figure out what they need. Uh, work with them, and provide what we think will be the best, highest quality uh, solution for them. So we may not have uh, the cheapest equipment, but we also will never have the most expensive. But to, to, to directly answer on price, it's, it's really tough because as we partner with different customers, um, we build a package for them and their package may include a lot of different components than others. So the price isn't always apples to apples. Uh, compared to another because we may throw extra surge or lightning protection in. We may have a uh, more advanced, sophisticated automation uh, system in theirs rather than just the keypad to the door uh, way that many others do it. So it's, it's, it's tough to answer that question, but I will say we're, we are always competitive, but we always will put quality before price. So as production increases and these processes and, and the gear that powers them increase as well, you know, where does AID fit more specifically into the equation? What are the um, products that your company is producing that are the most critical to the operations going on in the Permian Basin? Why are they critical and um, how are they becoming useful? So people are looking, for the most part, for simplicity. They're looking for support and help. And they're looking for a turnkey solution. We offer all those things. We have a full service team uh, that, that understands not only our primary drive brand that we promote, but several other drive brands as well. Um, so we have a really nice panel shop up here in Tulsa. Uh, we can build 250 to 300 drive packages a month out of it. Um, we also have a motor line we import called the Torque Master. And we have a very exciting new product called the Torque Master Extreme Duty. Torquemaster XD, which is our H-pump motor. Um, that, that is a market that is not, not everyone plays in. So to be able to offer this motor, I think is a very powerful thing. So we also offer that motor and drive together with an extended warranty. Um, what separates this motor and makes it really unique, there, there's several um, features to this motor. It's, so for instance, the, when they do the windings on the motor, uh, this is built with a form-wound winding, which is very similar to how they do the big medium voltage motors. It's a very, very strong uh, internal winding for this motor. It also has a uh, 0.1 inch per second vibration rating, which is well below the industry standard. Um, it can also hold a much higher surge. So there's a lot of issues out there with lightning strikes and, and power surges. And this motor is rated up to 3,600 volts. So come standard with bearing and winding RTDs. There's, there's a lot of neat features to this motor, and it's a very strong motor. We believe the best motor in the market, and we will put it up against anybody. And when you couple that 
with a very well-engineered drive package built for that customer, for that specific application. Um, we can even take it further. And as well as harmonic mitigation, you know, obviously having the service group there to help them. We have 24-hour phone support. We have on-site service guys that go out. And we have a lot of knowledge. A lot of the guys in our company have been with the company for years and years. And uh, there, there's a lot of experience, a lot of very sharp guys in this company that, uh, that understand the customer, understand their needs, understand uh, the territories and, and what others are doing and what maybe you know, is a benefit for you in that application. So Eric, towards the beginning there, you mentioned that AID has a full service team that kind of helps in the field with um, using some of this gear, installing some of this gear, making sure that it's operating correctly. Is that kind of really personalized and consistent customer service something that is important in the energy industry? Um, you know, with so many different components, are the people operating those drills and, you know, out in the basin, um, you know, I'm sure they have enough on their plate. Uh, is it difficult to stay on top of the operations of every single little piece? And so it is kind of necessary to have the companies that produce those pieces um, you know, stay a little more active in the, in the operations and the quality of them. Yeah, you know, it, it, the number one question I'm asked by customers is, do you have service, do you have local service? And we do. And it, it's, it, you know, I, when I listen to customers, I'm always listening to what, what are their pain points or what are the things they really value. And service seems to always be the number one topic people bring up. Um, we take pride in our service guys. We've had a lot of very strong success stories out there. Guys staying out on site till two or three in the morning. Um, some of our service guys uh, working on, still staying out there working on an application when the customer and everyone else has left the site. Uh, we have some very, very well trained, very dedicated service guys who, who um, you know, will move mountains to get the application going for the customer. So something that AID helps with specifically in the oil drilling process is saltwater disposal and pumps that um, you know, assist in sucking out that saltwater during the drilling process. How does saltwater disposal affect oil drilling, and why is it important to stay ahead of these tangential processes that you know if you're not uh, concretely after and proactively after can become afterthoughts? Yeah, so, uh, you know, regarding saltwater disposal, obviously when, when the shift went from vertical to horizontal pumps, um, there was a, a massive increase in how much fluid was coming out of the ground. And uh, with the oil comes a whole lot of water. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, we noticed this trend. We jumped all over it, and we've got solutions for it. So uh, our pump master... Uh, VFD system, along with our uh, controller, which we call the uh, OptiPump controller, which is a touchscreen controller. Uh, you'll find these pretty much all over the U.S. We're in almost every uh, major oil field in the country, but especially down in the Permian Basin. Uh, we have so much activity down there, and we have so many of these drives and operations. Um, you, you know, it, it helps you precisely control the speed and flow of these disposal pumps. Our controllers, we've designed to make them pretty easy for someone. Uh, you know, if, if you get into some of these drives and the parameters of the drives, it can get a little daunting. It's a lot of codes and, and it's a lot of abbreviations, but 
uh, we have designed a controller to really around the customer's want. We also have our own controller that we, you know, our, our engineers have come up with. But, um, you know, we base a lot of it off the pump curve. And um, we have a lot of features in there that are helping that pump stay within the pump curve, which is very important uh, to many of these companies. Um, we have, you know, I mentioned earlier with our motors having low vibration, we have, um, we have been able to automate the throttle valve in these pumps and even, uh, you know, which can cause a lot of vibration when those things get jammed up and um, have been able to prevent cavitation in the well, uh, have been able to, you know, really control what's happening with the impellers when it comes to up, up thrust and down thrust and really minimize that, uh, that vibration on the pump uh, as, as well as the motor being very well rated for vibration. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's really, what it's doing is that's reducing a lot of the customer's uh, repair time. So we have one customer that about every two to three months we're having issues uh, with one of their pumps, uh, constantly needing maintenance and repair. And uh, they put our system on there and they said, it, they called us one day and said, you know, it's been three years since we've had to do any maintenance on this pump. So, you know, just a solution like that for a customer, I mean, that sold them on our product, uh, but, but it also you know, eliminated their downtime. And that, that's one of the bigger issues along with services Man, they don't want that downtime. They're losing money every minute. Equipment's not working. So that's where we really try to be a solution for people. Man, let's get this equipment going. Let's keep it going. Let's, let's reduce downtime. You know, let's increase the simplicity for them in operating it. So Eric, to kind of wrap things up and look a little more into the future, how do you see the oil industry continuing to progress? And how do you think it's going to affect companies like AID? You know, is the growth of the oil industry pretty due to some of the growth of these tangential companies like AID um, or, you know, do, does the industry kind of grow on its own and that sort of fosters growth within these tangential companies as well? You know, where, where does the growth really come from, I guess, is what I'm asking. And where do you see that progressing? So, you know, the, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, the shift from rod pump to, you know, H pump, horizontal pump, surface pump. Um, you know, we, we, we felt like we were more reactive when that happened. We maybe weren't on the ball quite, quite as much as we should have been. Uh, looking forward, there's a lot of things I see. We do as much research as we possibly can. We see uh, a lot of push towards uh, ESP, electrical submersible pump, towards gas lift, and the continuing, uh, you know, the continuing push with, um, when it comes to H pumps and saltwater disposal. Um, I believe as long as they're pumping a lot of fluid on the ground, they're, they're going to have to find something to do with the salt water. If it's re-injecting it into the ground or if it's uh, taking it off site, what, however they're doing it. Uh, many of them are pipelining the salt to a certain location as well. I don't see a slowdown in what's happening right now. And we don't really see a whole lot of uh, major changes coming. Sure. But we are constantly researching listening to and talking with customers and uh, with all the EMP companies and trying to always stay on top of the trends coming and uh, not be reactionary, but be, uh, you know, hopefully a, a leader in the industry of, of 
leading the way and, and seeing, seeing a new you know, type of automation or a new type of a, a motor or whatever it is coming down the road and be able to get ahead of it. Well, it sounds like it's an exciting time to be in the industry, that's for sure. Um, I mean, with the Permian Basin being the hub for the oil industry that it is, you, know, you couldn't be in a better spot as a regional manager and as a company, uh, you know, really, really playing off of this growth. So, uh, you know, it's always exciting to see how some of this technology um, continues to adapt and, uh, you know, everyone needs these kind of uh, these kind of services in the industry. It's not like other companies like yours can just disappear with your H pumps and uh, and, you know, the, the industry continue to operate and grow how it is growing and how it has been growing. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be learned there that sometimes these tangential industries, the ones that grow alongside of the main um, oil production, can sometimes be as important, if not more important, to the overall operation. So, yeah, Eric, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. It was a pleasure getting to chat, and I'm looking forward to getting you back on here in the future once we have some more big news out of the Permian Basin, which seems to be flooding in pretty consistently. So it looks like we're going to get you on soon. Yes, it does. I sure appreciate it, Daniel. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you like what you heard and would like to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. <laughs>